a listener production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! G'day, it's Dobbo and Gordy on a Wednesday. The Footy Talk podcast coming up. The off-season is heating up and Mitchell Moses is committed to the Eels. Can they win a comp and what's next for the West Tigers? And the Dragons dust-up. It's not unusual for clubs to have dust-ups, right? Right. But something's got to change to that organisation. Yeah, we'll unpack that. And also the Broncos, their side. Let's have a look at that and whether or not their coach, Kevin Walters, deserves an extra two years extension. This is the Footy Talk podcast, a listener podcast. It's Dobbo and Gordy on a Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday, it's Gordy and Dobbo and it's Footy Talk, a listener podcast. Gordon, hello, my friend. How are you going? All right. How was your weekend? Yeah, uh, it weekend? was great. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Titans had a magnificent victory we're gonna over get to your that. fins up. We're going to get to that. Well, they're not my fins up. We're no, going to get. Oh, to well, that. they were last week. No, so they we won't. can play. No, they won't. We can play the recording. Have back. I told you? Also, I will get to this just quickly. That there's one of us here that is very prevalent in a documentary that's just about to be released. Has wow. had a big input, and you know what? They're talking more roles for that person. But I'm going to. You couldn't fit any more roles on. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. Let's start. Let's get underway. (laughs) If you're a Parramatta fan, you are rejoicing. If you're a Tigers fan, you're thinking, what more could I do? It being reported, uh, Michael Chamis, who will be on the Footy Talk podcast tomorrow, is reporting a $1.25 million a year deal with the Eels. Mitchell Moses is staying put. He's knocked back a deal at the West Tigers, which was reportedly $5.2 million over four years. So he has knocked back a huge, huge yep. deal to remain. Well, now, if that's I'll- all true, that's pretty good for the game. I would think that money's not everything and premierships still drive the players. Yeah, see, so that's one way that you look at it. Well, they should never have, the Tigers should never have lost Mitchell Moses to start off with. They shouldn't have lost James Tedesco. There was a lot of players. Don't go down that time. No, but what yeah. I'm saying is he's been at Parramatta. He's had success at Parramatta. I see Mitchell Moses' best football has been since he's been at Parramatta. And I think it's a reflection on Brad Arthur that he is in a happy place. I said um, the other day that Nico Hines is the best player in the game. You know, over the first two, well, Mitchell Moses is a smidgen behind him. The way he played the other day, he's kicking game into the strong breeze and Brandy Alexander, one of the greatest halfbacks. Uh, We were talking about it on Fox and he controlled the game. So Mitchell Moses is at that stage of his career where the next level is like a really small step, but it's huge when it comes to, you know, when you retire, you're a premiership player and you get one of the most famous clubs in the game over the line to win a grand final. And I think he sees that they're a chance of winning. And I think last year, no one gave him a hope. Remember Parramatta, you know, the, yeah. you know like are the windows closing and they just kept on beating people. They kept on ticking along. And I feel sorry for the Tigers. So do I. You know what I mean? Because they have had a big dig out of a lot of people. I think Latrell Mitchell was was yep. like one of them. But they did get Appy Coruscant. They got Papali'i. They are getting better. But to get that real big they scalp, they Bateman haven't been coming able back. to. Bateman coming over Bateman. as well. Yeah. So, so like they are growing nicely. And then, you know. I don't mind Dewey. And look, they, I mean, they let Jock Madden go. I, I understand that. Part of it, yeah, but like just to go back on that. So you can keep on going and buying these superstars, right? And I know Mitchell Moses was a Tiger Junior, right? Or you can grow your own. Yeah. And look at Penrith. They've just gone and got this big farm, 
planted all the seeds, working really hard for 14, 15, 16-year-old kids and get a production line that way or do what the Roosters do. And I don't like what the Roosters do. I don't like how Dom Young apparently yep. is going there. That's I just don't think it's fair. Do you think it's fair? I think in a lot of ways what Parramatta are doing and what Penrith are doing and they're trying to get keep their juniors and I think the Dolphins have that's their benchmark. Brisbane have always tried to do that. They bring them through that nursery. But there's only so many clubs that can do that. No, the the Roosters listen, don't have the nursery, mate. Like, that. You're I saying get you don't that. like And the there was Roos- a theory out there, say, about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, because the Knights had this big junior base and everybody comes and raids it, and that's fair enough. Everybody yep. comes and steals your apples, right? Yeah, sure. And Brisbane. So when I was on the board, Brisbane might have spent $1.5 million on junior development, going around to schools, getting all the sure. kids and getting still all that kind of – Still do it. it. And do a fantastic job. And you get Penrith do the same and you get other clubs that do the same and you get clubs that don't do anything and come and steal your players. I think you should be compensated for some of those players. So I think that there should be a massive transfer fee that if you have had a guy and you have him at 15 and 16 and 17, it might be $20,000 a year that that club has to pay you above the salary cap so you can keep on going out there and growing your fruit. Oh, I agree you're with like, all that. You're like, there's got to be some sort of system that if Redcliffe and all these guys, they go out there they and the Titans them, and they Newcastle, get a if Parramatta, they get yeah. all these clubs in the future that want to be development clubs, if you've got a player and he's been on your books and you've put time, effort and money into that kid, you should be rewarded down the track. And it's not just you can't come and go and steal him. There's got to be compensation. So you stop doing it because if all the clubs stop doing it and start stealing the players, who's going to develop them? That's exactly right. And I agree with that theory. Would you honestly say that you believe that Parramatta are a premiership heavyweight this year? Yes, because I think Penrith are weaker. Yep. Yeah, the loss of Coruscant, Kikau. Yep. I don't think they're as strong as what they were last year. They can certainly prove me wrong, but I think Appy Coruscant was a huge hole and Kikau was in the top one, well, two, three. He defended three. very well on the left the yeah, whole time. mate, and he's in the top one, two, three attacking back rowers in the game. So there's – you know, a couple of big holes in their side. They and, lose Marnie. And the Roosters bring... are going to be better, yeah. right? But I think Parramatta, on what they did last year, I think that they probably surprised themselves. And I think that they know that they were very close. A fit Josh Hodgson after losing Reed Marnie. Yeah. Sean Lane looks like he's going to be out for a little bit because of the broken yeah. jaw. They lose Papali'i as well. So they're a little bit light on on edge. I know Matheson's there and they've got some juniors coming through. It's not now because the way they played the other day, they got to get through the early couple of rounds, but it just knows that when the whips are cracking and if Mitchell Moses has a season and you've got Josh Hodgson that doesn't overplay his hand, well, which he Brown, can. Brown, Gutherson and yeah. Hodgson and Mitchell Moses, they've yeah. got a phenomenal spine. It's a great spine. And it was a great spine last year because yeah. I thought Reed, Reed Marnie, Marnie was yep. unbrilliant as well. So they don't really lose anything. They might gain a little bit with Hodgson the way he plays and they sure. lose a bit because um, I think Marnie's service is a little bit better. So... You know, watch the space. I don't think Parramatta's window is closed. Yeah, righto. Let's talk about St. George. You were strong about them on Monday on the Footy Talk podcast, and then it was revealed yesterday that there's been a dust-up after the loss to South Sydney, 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. We spoke with Aaron Woods yesterday. He was obviously part of the listener, uh, the Footy Talk podcast yeah. yesterday. And, and it's hard for him to talk. Yeah, about and Woodsy, his Woodsy gave us some context around it. And I get that. Uh, it yeah, is a push yeah, and shove, yeah, right? So yeah. that, let's well, we not don't do that. Know. We so don't let's go know back to the players and respect in the jersey. Was there a barbecue gate in the middle of COVID when everybody got back on and they were getting paid? Did they break yes, protocol? Yes, there was. Right? Did they go to the presentation? No, they didn't. Right. And now this. Yep. So there's three strikes. In baseball, you're out. Yeah. Right? So the players need to take ownership of that club. 
and then it's really hard to turn over a roster. It is really hard. So the quickest way they do it is what? Turn over a what? A coach. Right. I spoke and to a player. And they turned over Wayne Bennett. Player, yeah. So Wayne Bennett, they didn't want to sign. And then I think Wayne, yeah. you know, wanted to hang around because he always does. He says he's going to leave, but there's the door open if they want to pay him again. Steve Price, Paul McGregor, and now they're talking about Anthony Griffin. I don't think that those four guys are the problem. Yeah, there's something wrong. There. Right. And then that's all I, I spoke said. to a player last don't night. Take it out of I spoke to a player last night about Anthony Griffin, and they said they feel bad because he's such a good bloke and that he tries so hard and he loves his playing group so much. So that would resonate with what you're saying. As much as the easy way to say is let's kill the coach, let's get him out of there, let's get another coach in, bring Dean Young in. I know all the talk is bringing us in. But there is something fundamentally wrong at that club and has been through off-field incidents, they just keep yeah. on coming and coming. You've played at that club. No, I didn't play at that club. You play. You played at St George. I sorry. played at St George. I didn't play and then, St George Illawarra. And that's but, not a bagging of the club. But I'm, I'm just not talking on those about. I just want to it's talk St George Illawarra. It's a totally different organisation to the club that I. We'll talk with. about the fan base, mate. It's How a, must they be feeling? Because they are to me. It's they're, the they're most passionate fan yeah. base that of between those South guys in South Sydney are yeah. probably and Parramatta. They're probably three of the most passionate. Fan bases, 11 premierships in a row. You're born a Dragons fan. In AFL, you know, like you got to follow your son and your grand. But South and I think Dragons have that. You're born um, a Dragon. I felt that when I played there. I loved Cogger Oval. I loved playing. And the Red V was, yep. you know, like <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah. And when you pulled on that jersey, there was something that goes with it. And there's a history. And I don't think that these young players, and maybe because of the merger, and that's why I'm saying that I haven't played for this club because Illawarra is one of those regions that yeah. had Bob Fulton, you know, Blocker Roach and the Stewart brothers. They've had so many wonderful players come out of that area and probably um, the McGregors and the like. Yeah. I think um, even Gerds, I think Mick Cronin even comes from Jerigong, which yep. is just around the corner. So so it's a very rich rugby league area um, as well. And there's something not quite right with that organisation. And to me... Does he last? Does players, last? players should be over the top of it. I, 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 I think behind closed doors, they've got to draw a line in the sand and back the coach and say, no, players, this is it. This is your voice. This is the guy that we trust and you've had this voice, that voice, that voice and that voice. Who has to tell you to play good? Who has to tell you to put your body on the line, come to train and start doing your extras, want to win and do those one percenters? That is a difference between a good player and a great player, between a poor player and a good player. Sure. Who has to tell you that? Yeah. No, no, no. Tell me. Who has to tell you that? Well, it has to happen from within, mate. You can't – coaches can't motivate players to do that every day. It has to happen from within. So you need to find out where the problem is within it and who is the bad eggs, even if they're the best player, and they that's have to my, go. That's my point. Yeah, you know, it's not as if it's Hook's gone to Melbourne and the standards have dropped. The standards haven't dropped at the Dragons. They just haven't risen. I'm yep. pretty sure he's gone there. I'm pretty sure he's trying to change things around. I'm pretty sure he's experienced enough. He, he's been an Origin camp sort, right? Yeah. At Penrith, they were coming forth. Yeah. He's coached all those players that ask him what the difference is. Yeah. Willie Kahn wrote an article the other day. Did you read it? No, I don't. No, I read no. the paper. Um, it was about um, Wayne Bennett. He goes, <laughs> I learnt more off the players around me and playing against opposition players. He goes, Wayne Bennett's a good coach, but he's not a super coach. Get rid of it. was funny. And it's only something that Willie Kahn would have said. But it's sort of true in a way that the players need to take ownership. So Willie, 
indirectly were saying that he took ownership of his own performance every week, that the coach can only tell you so much, can show you so much, can give you a game plan, and not every game plan suited the way I wanted to play. Not every game plan suits every player. It pretty much suits the halfback. Yep. But everybody else has to, you know, tie tie into it. Yeah, I like it. We're going to take a break. This is Footy Talk, a listener podcast. We'll be back with more Gordon Tallis and Dobbo on a Wednesday. Welcome back to Footy Talk, a listener podcast. Gordon Tallis and Dobbo with you on a Wednesday, as usual. And let's focus on the Broncos quickly. It was impressive. It was impressive without Reese Walsh, Tom Flegler and Adam Reynolds all out of that side. We saw some real highlights. Cobo at fullback, I mean, he's a work in progress, but he's going to be an out-and-out superstar Yeah, he just needs some time under his legs. And what I mean by that is, you know, like Billy Slater will probably run between, I don't know, 10 and 14 kilometres a game. Probably Cobo's at six to eight. Well, he's not a great trainer, Cobo. He's just not a great trainer. By his own omissions as well. No, mate, but like then he'll get there. Yeah. He's only young. No one's a great trainer out of school. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like no one – and. So for that guy, and a bit like the Greg Inglis, like they just need to get some time under the legs. And then, you know, made Billy Slater come in and he started in the centres. I think his first game he was in the centres. I think he wore number three against the Cronulla Sharks. By the end, there was only a number one on his back. And you ask anybody that goes back at fullback, even Latrell, he's not a great, but he'll end up getting there. Yeah. He'll end up getting there. And he can have the influence of a Latrell and a Greg Inglis back there. They, they look strong, Brisbane. They, I Doing mean, good footy Steve Renoff came off and said that he wouldn't be surprised if they make the top four. Like, he, he was dead set. He said that yesterday. And I don't want to be putting, you know, words into anybody's mouth, but they are a good football side. They're very complete. I mean, if you look at this starting side, Walsh won't play my mailies in round one. So you've got Cobo at Why is that? Because of the fractured eye socket. Um, yeah, right. And so you've got... He didn't train there last night. They had a semi-opposed session last night against South Yeah, well, South you keep Magpies. him out of that. You keep him. He, did, he didn't train last night, yeah. but Reynolds trained. So it'll be Cobo fullback, Jesse Arthur's one wing and Oates, uh, Staggs and Farmworth in the centres, yeah. and then you've got Mam and Reynolds in the halves. And then your forward pack is Huss, Billy Walters will start, then you've got Flegler, you've got Ricky and Capewell and Carrigan as your 13. <laughs> now your bench, Pakes, You've still got Marty DePau there. You've got Keenan Palacia. Kobe Hetherington's looking like he's going to be back. They are a very complete side early. Marty Tapau. Marty Tapau, sorry. He's had a name change. I asked him. I said, Marty, did you change your name? He goes, no, you just pronounced it wrong. I said, well, for 10 years, (laughs) I was Kapow. Yeah. Tapau, Kapow. I've got to change my slogan now. Yeah, I know. But Marty, respect, Tapau. Tapau. And so they are a very complete side at the moment. Yep. So, look, they finished ninth. Big improvement on the year before. Big improvement since they were wooden spooners. It's like, remember when we were sitting in Brisbane, we're having it, and I said that they were a Ferrari. So they had, you know, the Haas going up the middle and the Carrigan and the Flegler coming off, and he was coming off the bench and making an impact. They had all that. They had, you know, the Stags. They had this big engine. They had the wheels outside and, you know, the Oates and that, but they just didn't have a bloke steering them around. So it comes down to Adam Reynolds. Yeah. Staying fit, his combination with Mam and the Nine, and I don't care if the Nines are rotating because they do that now. Like yeah. you watched, well, they just re-signed Pakesy for another two years, Corey Pakes. But yep. he, the theory behind it, and they're very lucky. Kevy was very smart in the sense that he got, went and got Matt Ballin, who's a premiership number nine, yes. and and I mean Kevy's family are, are nines, Kerrit and Steve. So he's got it in the DNA. The great like, Ryan it, Smith, yeah, right. One of the greatest coaches said Kevy Walters would have been the greatest nine ever to play the yeah, game. You're at right. At the time, yeah. And I'm like, hey, Kevy Bryant, don't tell Wayne that. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, like. Yeah. 
they believe that yeah, they believe mate, that Billy Walters. Brain. They believe Billy Walters is a starter, and they think Pakes is more impact off the bench. And yeah, because or either way, and yeah. if and if one's getting a little bit tired, yeah, you know, I mean you can start the other because you, yeah, you know, I mean because it's a bit of impact early, and they're not the biggest guys, and a bit like Harry Grant and Brandon Smith and. You know, Happy Coruscant and the other guy, Kennedy, Mitch yep. Kennedy, I think yep. used to come on. So most clubs have that now where they can just throw somebody Mitch on. Yeah. But yeah, Mitch Kennedy, you know what I mean? Because you need that. And I think that that role is so important now. It's become a pretty much a two-person role. But yep. but like the second person needs to be, to be able to fill yeah. some other spots. Okay. All that being said, yep. Kevin Walters has done a phenomenal job. The knockers can say what they want and we're Kevy supporters. But the mail that I'm getting he's going to be given a two-year extension, right? Yep. And they've agreed to the two years. Yep. Thrashing out some coin at the moment. And, yep. and, but the sticking point I'm hearing is these payout clauses that if they terminate, they only pay three months. Like you don't get paid your full contract. There's like if like a normal termination clause. now. But his managers was Seabolt's manager, the one that got, when he got paid out. Fully, didn't he? No, no, different manager. No, different okay, manager. But they were no, the no, same. No, uh, many years ago. No, he's manager. Yeah. He's managers of the All Brothers um, down on, down the right. coast. So what I'm saying is that these termination clauses are a thing. Moving forward, I think every NRL. I think it's as a bit a of coach, insurance. I think as yeah. a player, yeah, mate. If I, you, I don't have a problem with it because I think that's just the way this is going. If Kevin knows it's a result-driven business, if I don't get the results, I'm not going to be there. I get that, but he is. And yeah. I think when, and then we spoke about it, like when you see Craig Fitzgibbon, the white noise goes. Yeah. Hear me? Yeah. There's no white noise about Bellamy. No, there's not. But there would have been early because, oh, Craig's, you know, he blows up, he's this, he's that, and he's not quite this. And Chris Anderson was there who was coaching Australia, then Craig Bellamy comes in. There's no white noise about Wayne. No. Because they just can't do it. So when you get a coach and you give them five years, there's no, mate, there's going to be no white noise about Craig Fitzgibbon because no. he's there for five years. Yeah. Right? So when you sign Kevy, and there's no white noise about Todd Payton now, is there? No, there's not. And but that's both because those sides were second club, and third. Kevy. No, no, no. It's that, because but, the club have backed someone and go, no, no, he's our leader. So would you give him more than two years? No, I think he's turned it around pretty quick. This is his third year. Yes. Right? And so, I think it's a five-year turnaround yeah. for those guys to be like a Parramatta, and you don't always win comp because so, so much has to go right. Like I remember playing in some great areas, and – I always go back to the Broncos, like the original Broncos. It took them five years. They had one of the greatest organisations, yeah. like mate, one of the greatest teams on paper, if not the greatest Broncos team. And it took them five years. So, you know, to play and be consistently around, you know, four to one, that's all you ask yeah. your club and your players to do. Because then it comes down to how many play origin, how you come out of origin, how many injuries you have at key times of the year. You know, at the end of the day, you can come down to a decision, you know. Yeah, one and, decision. And a bounce of the ball. So... I think now, you know, dare I say, you are judged on winning premierships and that's what we've always wanted to do in Brisbane. But I think realistically, if that club from where they were gets in the next couple of years to a top four side, I think it's been a really sharp turnaround. Quickly, your, your thoughts on the Dolphins and their performance. That's I the mean, first the time Titans... they played. No, no, that's the first time they played together. I watched it closely Yep. Um, with my wife because the Titans were playing and we... She's four and did well. That's what they've needed, you know, like the Dolphins will be competitive. It's the first time they've all played together. Yeah. You could see that they wanted to lock horns. I think their halves let them down. Yeah. And I think that… Young Jack Bostock was out of position a couple of times. He, he'll he learn from that. I mean, yeah, Foran could read him like a book and just, well, well, you know, went wide twice. And, and, yeah, and mate, they went twice, but… 
Fallacton, he got pulled off his line because the because the damage was done inside. Side. Yeah. Right. So like then everybody looks at the wing and goes, Oh, well he come in. Well he come in because he has to come in because you've got to go in with your centre. Yeah. So like once your half back turns in or your back rower turns in, then the you know, then the third defender has to turn in, then your centre turns in, then your winger he's got to pick the either centre or the winger and he's got to come in and jam the centre. And foreign with that great vision, hits the winger. Yeah. So, like, then they always get isolated and everybody looks at the winger dive and all the damage is done about four players in from that. I think the Dolphins, and that's why they went so hard for Harry Grant and Munster. Sure. If they had those guys Different with story. that forward pack, I think they're going to be competitive. I think it was their first hit out. Are they going to get better? Absolutely, they're going to get better than that. The Titans were pretty red hot for that first 25 minutes. After that, yeah. it'd be come back into a wrestle. I think it was 12-10 at some stages for about 40 minutes. It was 16 all for the last 45 minutes. There you go. So, so yeah, then that's yeah. what the Dolphins will play. Yep. And that's that what they'll grind. take. Yep. Yep. That's what they work on. Uh, this is the Footy Talk podcast. Obviously a big day tomorrow. The journos are in. This is Gordo and Dobby. This is Gordon and Dobbo on a Wednesday. <laughs> Dobbio. <laughs> Don't tell me you've changed your name. Is it pronounced Dobbio? Can you not? Let's just call it Dobbio. Just for this one, mate, because you're, mate, listen, you're on radio eight days a week. On this podcast, Dobbio. This is the Footy Talk podcast with Gordy and Dobbio. Have a great Wednesday. Wednesday. <laughs>